Change can't be avoided. It's a life companion, sometimes welcome and sometimes despised. It promises to always be present and demands collaboration if we are to ride the waves of existence. We're launching a new series on this pilgrimage about it. We've all gone through huge changes the past few months and it's not been easy, but it's taught us all a lot, no doubt. How can we embrace the uncertainty it brings? What can we learn? Welcome to our first series. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have everyone listening with us, that is, and we appreciate the fact that you've chosen to click on this. And today, our kind of title is Cultural Change. And we want to look at our own response to change. So when we are put in a certain environment, um, how can we respond in the best way to that? And that might be a bit deceiving because maybe you clicked on this thinking that this is going to be about cultural change and what I can bring and what it should look like to bring cultural change in a situation. Because especially in the millennial age group, there's a lot of people, there's been a lot of books written about uh, change management, how to manage change, how to bring about change in um, especially like a business kind of environment. And I think that obviously there's a place for those things. And both of us, when we were at university, studied those things in our respective uh, spheres. But at the same time, we believe that actually we can learn a lot by going to another culture. Mm. And actually, we shouldn't go in all guns blazing thinking, oh, we are going to bring about this and this and this, and we're going to change this and that. But actually, we need to have a bit of humility. So that's kind of the reason behind this episode. And I think what got us thinking is, um, obviously, if you've tuned in today, you've probably realised that we haven't released a podcast in a couple of months now, which is really bad. (laughs) But um, in a way, it's not bad because we didn't want to just add to the noise. And um, we had a bit of a a change of scenery, went on a bit of a holiday, which we're really grateful for because this year is obviously a bit chaotic. But um, it got us thinking with the whole travelling thing of how much we love travelling because... We've learned so much from different cultures, haven't we? Mm. Like, I'm thinking back to when... So I think the biggest travel change thing that we've done together, the biggest cultural change we've experienced together is when we went to Thailand. Yeah. Um, Asia is just so different to our culture. (laughs) And it it was incredible. Just, I think you learn so much from seeing how people interact with each other, interact with you as a foreigner, and how people eat, how people share things. Um, and obviously it wasn't a very long trip with ever like two weeks or three weeks, can't remember. But yeah. it we've learned so much from the the different bits of travel we've done and it got us thinking about this whole thing and it kind of came out of this. Um and for us every time we've experienced an, a different culture, it's really made us realise that it's an opportunity for us to grow mm. and to grow in humility, most yeah, of all. Yeah, to and learn as well. Exactly, to yeah. not go there and be like, oh, you should do things like this, but to put yourself in the people's shoes and think, why do you do things like this? And mm. why is it so different? And how can we bring those differences together and have a greater picture of what mm. life is? Um, yeah. It's a very beautiful thing. And I was going to ask you, what do you think is the biggest like change in culture that you've experienced, whether it's like a, tri- a trip we've done together or not? Um, I always remember, I think part of it is because I was quite young at the time, but I went to Morocco when I was about, I think I was 11 years old with my dad on like a mission trip. 
So we went and did loads of things in different communities in Morocco, which is a very Muslim country, and we were obviously going as Christians. So um, I remember we got like raided by the police and obviously in, in England that never happened and they wanted to like check that we weren't um, giving out Bibles or I can't quite remember but I remember going to the market one of the days and I was absolutely terrified because <laughs> I was obviously a young kid and there's so many smells and sights and sounds and we were quite out in a in like the middle of no it wasn't a city it was like a desert kind of market and we saw I remember walking around and then you walk past this um like butcher's part oh and I remember seeing like a goat's head just sat like next to me and it was like Ew. <laughs> <laughs> um and it's funny because some of the guys actually bought that goat's head because we had to bring back the most interesting thing from the market <laughs> and so they thought that would be interesting so they brought that back but uh, there was also a witch doctor that, that arrived and so all these people gather around him and I remember looking at him and kind of making eye contact and being a bit like oh it's a bit scary yeah so I think for me that was probably it wow what about you oh no now I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I don't have some like crazy story I <laughs> Traveled a lot in Europe when I was younger, and then I went to America, and then we went to Asia. But I've not done like Africa or Australia, so I've mm. not done that many exotic um, trips. But I think just in Europe, you can you go to another country, and like even for me coming from Switzerland, um, we've got many neighboring countries, and you just cross the border, and you've got a very different different experience. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy, like, when we've driven to Switzerland from, from here, from mm. England, we always say, like, you literally cross the border from France into Switzerland and you feel it different. It feels different. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. Even in Switzerland, I'd say, you have different cultures oh, because you have different languages. And it's funny how I think a language brings a culture with it a lot of the time. Totally. Um, which is quite interesting to think about. And, you know, I find, as someone who's trying to learn French... You have to get into a certain mindset in order mm. to speak and understand French that's different to ooh, when you're speaking English. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting point as well to think about getting into a way of thinking in order to speak and understand a language better totally. because it's very connected in that way. Yeah. So it's coming up to me um, coming here like, oh, what am I saying? Coming it's up coming up to, to my sixth here. anniversary of living in England mm. um, just next month in October. And if I think back to like how I spoke English when I first came to how I do now, it's so different. Mm. Not just in like I've learned more words, but in terms of expressions and humour and communicating with other people, it's I've really learned so much about that. And it's true, you, you literally, it's like you put on a different persona to be able to... I don't know, to, to speak that language. And you think, oh, well, language is just about grammar and verbs and words, but it's about so much more than that. Yeah, and they always say if you can make a joke in another language, that's when you've really understood it. <laughs> You're still on that journey, aren't you? What, in French? <laughs> With French. Well, yeah. I, I did it's say funny. one joke once when we were there, and everyone was like, oh, he said a joke or something. <laughs> He's joking. But even if I understand a joke, I'm quite happy with myself usually. Yeah. No, you are funny. I'm joking. You are funny. <laughs> Um, 
we were also earlier talking about food and how much that's part of a culture. Yeah, I think <laughs> when when I think about um, being English and living in England, especially I've always lived, when I've lived in England, I've always lived around London. I've always been close to London. And London is like the multicultural city. There is so many different... Um, uh, languages and people and cultures that are represented in London it's almost like its own country within mm. the UK um I guess any city is a bit like that but I really think London has something special of that even mm. in the outskirts of of the city and it's funny being in it's like you're in the country like I was born in near London so I'm in the country where I'm from where I was born and yet you can you learn so many different cultures just by living in that kind of space and yeah. i think there's something about england that is represented in with even with our food within that like for example i think it was jewish it's refugees you can't cook, so well yeah i do think that is a reason <laughs> and one of the reasons that english food doesn't have a lot of its own identity is because we've had so many different cultures that have always seemed to end up here whether that was by choice or sadly from people being forced to come here but yeah. i think it was jewish refugees that even brought fish and chips which is like the really yeah the british dish i think really? i saw a i don't know if anyone else has seen this but there was an advert that uh, gary lineker did about it recently really? yeah that's funny um and curry being I was going to say your... curry is the national dish now yeah. tikka masala which i think that represents england and our culture in a nutshell the fact that it's british indians that actually invented or like kind of came up with tikka masala in the uk mm -hmm. because we've kind of taken the curry culture from india and uh, pakistan and you know places like this and have applied it to fit what we like so you know like the rice the naan the curry that's like the typical kind of way of doing it in england and so they've made this recipe mm. from that and it's now become the national dish that represents england quite well i think yeah. in that way it's quite interesting because if i think of england or sometimes how england can be kind of portrayed as a cliche you'd think of like people almost kind of like switzerland like you'd think of Oh, my phone keeps slipping. You'd think of people just being in their nice little houses, having a roast together, not really mixing. But curry is the polar opposite of like it's a community, communal meal. I think that's why the British people love it because yeah. it's given us a taste of something that we wouldn't have really had before. Different. Although you do have Sunday roast, which is, I guess, English. It's very um, English. But it's, and that is very family based. You know, you sit around the table, that's the idea. Mm. But yeah, I think if you've lost that, something like curry, it suddenly brings that back a little bit as well. The thing I don't understand about England, or well, there's many things, although I literally, I love being here, but party rings? Why do people yeah. like eating these biscuits? It's the kind of thing that when you're a kid, you just eat it. But yeah. when you grow up, you're like, what? Like, Why did I eat this? What is nice about this? It tastes like cardboard yeah, but people with a bit still, of icing on like it. In our youth group, if you bring party rings, yeah, people love, love it. They love it. Love yeah, it. they love it. Not just the youth, but like... The people that run it as I think well. it's memories as well. Food has memories be. attached to it, doesn't it, as totally. well? Totally, totally. Yeah. Brown sauce, oh my word, that is literally I love brown sauce. the devil in a bottle. A I bacon sandwich with brown sauce is, I love that. 
So anyone listening to this who knows me knows that I can't have vinegar and I really have a, a, a hate for vinegar. And um, I went down one morning, Fraser was having breakfast. I think I just came out of bed as well. And I gave you a kiss and you had just had a mouthful of whatever with brown sauce. And I thought it was going to faint. I was like, this <laughs> literally stinks. It's horrible. Yeah. You have to be British yeah, to eat it. I think so. But then... Like we said about Switzerland and how there's some very specific <laughs> foods in Switzerland yeah. as well. Like fondue is the the one that we were talking about. And that is, again, it's a communal meal that's literally around one pot of this cheese that's been melted. Just cheese, yeah. Um, cheese and bread. We love carbs yeah, and cheese. Yeah, simple. But it's, it's funny simple. because I think your dad was telling me that traditionally it was like quite a poor meal oh, yeah. it's like farmer's meal all of our main like national dishes are because people lived mm. in you know like really harsh conditions and mountains and stuff and so they had carbs you know, are warming aren't they well they? yeah and like yeah. potatoes growing in like harsh conditions so they mm. could have like potatoes we have this meal that i absolutely love called raclette and it's like a big bit of cheese that you melt and then you scrape it onto potatoes but if you think about that like bread and cheese with fondue or raclette with potatoes and cheese it's just what was available like yeah. the cows made yeah, the cows, yeah. dairy and but it's yeah it is but then very it's funny actually. how it's very expensive now yeah. <laughs> like if you go to a swiss restaurant and get that either one of those dishes raclette or fondue it's so expensive yeah so it's funny how it was like a pauper's meal but now it's so expensive because of same with the pizza, economy isn't it, in italy yeah yeah it is yeah but then that's the other point I was going to make about England. You can go to London, for example, and get a really good curry, a really good Italian. Um, like there's even a Swiss restaurant in London that we yeah. want to go to. Greek. Really good French food, really good Lebanese. Greek food. And it's funny when when a culture has really good opportunity to mm -hmm. like show all of these different food things, you lose the identity of what? british food is and i think some people are trying to kind of rekindle that a little bit by like gastro pubs and stuff yeah. and, and things like that so the reputation that there's no good food in england i would not agree with that depending on where you are yeah and like i agree london with you. you have some i think we've said this before yeah. there is good food very in nice food i'm joking yeah. there is very nice english food and i've learned to yeah. appreciate it since i still think having pizza and chips is super weird or pizza yeah. and garlic bread you guys love carbs even more than us the Swiss. Yeah, pizza and garlic bread, it's nice, but it is probably not the best meal much. to have. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It, there is nice food in England, for sure. Sticky toffee pudding. Okay, I'm clo <laughs> closing the food chapter. <laughs> All of this to say... You don't Culture have to... is connected to Cul food. It is, massively. Because food is something you always share with people, and, and so much happens around the table. In terms of language, like we talked about, humour, yeah. all of this, it all mixes together when you when you join around food. Um, but yeah, you really don't have to go far to get a bit of a cultural shift. And we would encourage, we've always said like with friends that maybe, you know, get to kind of a, a crossroads where they, they finish their studies or they want to go into studying, they don't know what they're doing. We would really encourage them to go travelling. And we yeah. said like, you know, one day we'll, if we have kids and they're grown up and stuff, we'll really encourage them, like go and see something else. Mm. I think it's crucial for all of us. And we've seen it with some people we know that haven't really had this opportunity or haven't taken up the opportunity to go and see something else. That yeah. It's obviously that, you know, they're great people, but it, it's almost like there's 
one th something missing of like understanding other people relating mm. to other people you being more of a well-rounded individual mm. i think and it and you know we totally appreciate some people don't necessarily have the finances to, to go and travel and mm. but then it doesn't need to be expensive no like, and you don't have to go far no and you know if you ever need some contact with other people in other places we know a few people that <laughs> would be they'd love to have people to with them people in their home. um but you know in our experience looking at holidays it's been cheaper to go over to to europe than it is to stay in the uk and some uk places like center parks it's so expensive and that's a very british british thing as well it actually. is yeah so <laughs> to, you know parks. to go to you know with airbnb now you can get flights for really cheap with easyjet and go and stay somewhere completely it's different it. and yeah it's great and but yeah, the financial thing is obviously an issue. But like we said, if you do live in the UK or like most places around Europe now, um, you can experience other cultures and, you know, go to someone from a different culture's house for dinner and ask exactly. them questions. Don't just like be English and be like, oh, I'm not eating that or whatever. Um, and that's the point from the podcast today is about when we want to bring about change or we experience change, we need to embrace it with an open mind. Yeah. And I think the word that we would summarize is humility. We'd mm -hmm. use to summarize because we have to be humble in life generally. But when you go to another culture, like we were saying, like if you're traveling, hopefully you don't go and be like, oh, you guys should change this and this. Why do you eat that food? You should but do it like that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but actually these things are deeply rooted in who the people are and the culture that mm -hmm. has formed. And so you go there to learn and you go with an open mind. And if you don't speak the language, you know, you, you try and pick up words and you ask them what that means. And you're kind of at their mercy to explain it to you, especially the typical Brit on holiday doesn't speak the language and just expects everyone to speak English to them and stuff like that. So you're at their mercy. If they, if, you know, if you're in Spain and they decide, no, we're not going to speak English to you, you've got no hope of being able to communicate with people. So I think that's another thing. You, you have to be humble when going into a new culture yeah. as well. And it's, you can definitely then apply this to more everyday kind of situations when, where you go somewhere, where you meet people, when you go and work someplace, um, just to have this attitude of, I'm coming here as kind of an outsider, which, you know, will be welcomed in, but has to learn the, the context, the settings, the rules, yeah. the ways of doing things. Yeah. And it always be better for us to come with humility, even if we also have things to bring mm. than to come barging in kind of saying, here's everything I know, yeah. but actually to come more and saying, what do you know? What can I learn is yeah. always going to be, I think it's going to open m many doors for yeah. you. It's an attitude or, or like a disposition, isn't it? Mm -hmm. To learning and to engaging with people. And yeah, I think all of those things, language, food, and just travel in general, they can teach you things. And having said that, you can be a well-traveled person, but just go to McDonald's wherever you go and <laughs> just hang out in the touristy places and you haven't really traveled, you know, or yeah. you can still stay in the UK your whole life, but be well-rounded because you've engaged with other people from other cultures. That's right. And it's learn the from people, that. isn't it? It is. It is yeah. It's not just about going to geographical locations. No. Um, yeah. Yes. So that was 
what we wanted to talk about today in this first episode of uh, the Change series. We hope yeah. that you've enjoyed it, enjoyed learning a bit more about, well, lots of food today, I must say. Maybe we're hungry. We went on a bit of a tangent about food, yeah, we did, but yeah. I think it's quite a good example. We're foodies, so, so yeah. there you go. So go and have something different today. Go and taste a curry or a ramen. I don't know if that's different, but yeah. Maybe there's <laughs> international people listening. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. And yeah. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye.